Warning! This podcast is different from other podcasts. These episodes contain dangerous choices, perilous tangents, and unwavering silliness. The choices made on this podcast may lead to success or disaster. But remember, you are responsible because you choose to listen. Good luck. Your slow chance. Yeah, I have. Well, I have playlists that I have like one playlist that's just songs for the Halloween that we put on at our Halloween party. Um, I still keep adding songs that I like to the playlist that we had running at our wedding reception, and I have a playlist of high BPM uh, wordless electronica that I just slam into my head when I'm running. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have a slow jams one yet. Maybe I should get a slow jams one. I, I just can't think of a use case. Uh, I mean, okay, the use case is pretty obvious. I think. Dance, slow dancing. <laughs> so, is it your is it your high BPM electronica that you use for love making? Oh yeah, um, I, <laughs> yeah. I, it's I, uh, it's thirty it's, minutes <laughs> just of like. <laughs> it's just David Sandstorm. Yeah. It's just it's a real short playlist. <laughs> Let's get Sandy. <laughs> on, on, on a on a real note, I uh, <laughs> don't I don't listen to music when that happens. That's not a thing. Uh, yeah, I get creeped. I can't. I can't deal with the lyrics. Yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, cool, Michael Bolton's here. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is sensual. I oh. feel like he would be a very like helpful guy, though. He'd be like, way to go, you're really getting it, pal. I but see, I don't need Michael Bolton's approval, <laughs> right? But like, you know, if you were having a rough day, I feel like he'd be like, okay, bud, you know, get get back in there. You got this. <laughs> get back in there. I think you don't know you need Michael Bolton's approval until he's withheld it from you, and then you need it so mm. bad. Are there songs where Michael Bolton is kind of aloof? No, Michael Bolton goes to 200% on every single yeah. song on the record. Okay, that's, that's Michael Bolton. How dare you imply otherwise? Let me throw this at you for your uh, getting downtime playlist. Hang on, let me open a spreadsheet. The Macarena. It does have a dance that I can get behind. <laughs> I understand that dance. Yeah, see, that wouldn't work because you're going to start doing the Macarena halfway through. Uh, slam, you know, your head will fall right on her head. You're going to break her nose. Yeah, yeah. you know, people, uh, uh, students, students of history will tell you that uh, dancing evolved from our need to display to mates that we are capable of sexual congress. And I, <laughs> and I think no song, no song proves more quickly to a potential mate that you are not yet ready for sexual congress. <laughs> Maybe the chicken dance, possibly the electric slide, but I do think the Macarena is on that short list of songs to not fuck to. <laughs> Just like every ounce of lizard brain is like, no, 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 no. Those are, those are, this is a fight. This is a, a fight or flight song. Those are bad genetics. Yeah, songs to not fuck to is definitely the name of this playlist you're creating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called songs to not fuck to. Now that's what I call music 69, songs to not fuck to. <laughs> Now that's what I call 69 music. God, I didn't realize that the Jonestown tapes were so long. <laughs> it's really hard. We really can't fuck to this. <sighs> that, one, that one song from Schindler's List, uh, that Itzhak Perlman, like that main theme. Mm-hmm. God, I, it didn't stick in my head as I was watching it in 20 minute chunks on the subway. Uh, everything from like Gilbert and Hammerstein. Those aren't the words I'm looking for. Gilbert and Sullivan. Well, who did, who did Oklahoma? Because there's like, there's some bangers there. 
Uh, bangers in some sense. <laughs> I don't know if it's story driven music. My head's my head's in the story, you know. Bangers and smash. That's the name of your playlist. Oh, Ooh, there it is. But that one is actually songs to fuck to. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> bangers and smash and or and and or right. Bangers and smash <laughs> colon songs to fuck and or eat breakfast too. <laughs> God, can we use any of this? It's great, but can we uh, use it? Yeah, probably most of it. I, I, would, I would wager we'll, we'll be using almost all of this. Great. I feel like we've had zero fuck chat on the podcast. Uh, we don't, like, we don't we, have we a lot do, of fuck chat. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, we'll see how people feel about it. A lot of dick jokes. So far, we've been hemorrhaging listeners because, you know, without having to, without be, I think without being trapped in a car and unable to do anything else, a mm-hmm. lot of the uh, core <laughs> podcast time for us is really... Yeah, like, I, I would I like, BYOA... Sometimes better than silence, I think, is our, is our tagline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I blame us for not having a show that's easier for our listeners, like our handful of listeners, to explain concisely to their friends. Yeah. Three people read a Choose Your Own Adventure book and drink, except they don't actually drink. And sometimes it's funny, but a lot of times they just kind of talk. Yeah. What's a Choose Your Own Adventure book? And we've lost them. And they're gone. And they're not here anymore. Welcome. Ugh. Oh yeah, okay. Let's do this. I'm still. I got to close out his Wikipedia page. Or I'm gonna get. I'm. I'm real deep in it right now. It's real deep in it. Another name for that album playlist. Real deep in it. <laughs> Welcome to Booze Your Own Adventure, a podcast where three grown-ups try and beat a children's game. I'm Ian. I'm Chris. Fantasy. If I had to pick a favorite Mariah Carey song. Uh, yeah. Is that because uh, that's Mark? By the way, you guys. I just uh, love that one. It has such a good groove. It's catchy is, as fuck. I don't know, that song is perfect. Mark, is it because today we're reading a fighting fantasy book, number five? Oh my god, that's so good. I didn't even think about that. What a segue. No, but like actually, that that song is just really good. That's all I was going for. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a single baby. I know baby. Is that Mariah Carey? I don't know that one. You might be thinking of Justin Bieber. Wow. I I took I took a swing and I missed. Um, all I want for Christmas is you would be an easy Ooh, choice. Yeah. Okay. I know that one. Cause it's on my Christmas playlist. I have a Christmas playlist too. I have a Halloween playlist, a Christmas playlist, a running playlist and a playlist from my wedding. And now I'm currently creating bangers uh, and a smash, fi- a fifth playlist bangers and smash in parentheses, real deep in it, colon, <laughs> uh, songs to fuck and or eat breakfast to. Today, we are reading Ian Livingston's City of Thieves, the fifth entry in the Fighting Fantasy series, which is, of course, uh, more game than book or, you know, more game than our usual CYOA book. Uh, we take on the role of a some kind of character who's brave and we do fights. Yeah. So the, the description on the back of the book, Terror Stalks the Night as Zanbar Bone and his Bloodthirsty Moon Dogs, capital M, capital D, <laughs> hold the prosperous town of Silverton to ransom. Yeah, this is Zanbar Bone and his bloodthirsty moondogs, not Zanbar Bone and his moondogs, the zoo crew on the morning radio show as you drive into work. So my understanding of this book is just like there's this city and everyone in it is a is a scoundrel. And that's the book. Yeah. So let's go in and kill them all. Let's dive in. Yeah. All right. I'm going to skip us all the way to it's like page 26, but it's where the actual like proper part of the book starts oh man whoever scanned this book in <laughs> they already had the adventure they finished everything nope nobody look at the equipment list that's all spoilers okay not looking i mean we, we decided to pretty much just like ignore the game mechanics right yeah but like i don't know what if there's like a cool thing that's like the head of zanbar bone mm. and it's like oh well fuck now i know we get that the bone of zanbar head <laughs> zanbar's head bone do you mean skull 
I'm not gonna cook it, but I'll order it from Zen Headbone. I don't get it. Is it a math joke? Man, the countable infinity thing got us a bunch of mileage last time. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't actually tried to edit that episode yet. How much of that made it in? Every reference, because we visited like three times. (laughs) (laughs) No. And I couldn't find it on Wikipedia, so I'm fucking, I don't know anything anymore. I will will happily explain it to you at the end of this episode when we finish recording. Okay. The walk to Port Blacksand takes you west some 50 miles across plains and over hills. Eventually, you reach the coast and see the high city wall surrounding Port Blacksand and the cluster of buildings projecting into the sea like an ugly black mark. It looks peaceful enough, and it is only when the wind changes that you smell the decay in the breeze to remind you of the evil nature of this notorious place. (laughs) It lures you in with its uh, cozy cottages and lovely fires, but God, it stinks like shit. Yeah. Looks pretty nice from a distance, don't it? Wait till the wind turns. Bam! Smell of shit. A mile outside the city is like a radius of Glade plugins. Uh, yeah. But once you get past that, you're already trapped and it's too late. Yep. You don't want to look like an asshole turning around because of the smell. You don't want to look like an asshole, but you're going to smell like one. <laughs> You'll get used to it. What does it take? Three or four days? Garbage men do it all the time. It'll be great. You'll forget it in no time. Honestly, as having traveled to places that straight up smell like shit, it's like 20 minutes if that. Really? Yeah, like your brain is super good at getting used to things. That's weird because like when you first walk into a place that smells bad, your brain is like, you're being poisoned. You're going to die if you stay yeah. here more than 60 seconds. Hur- hurry and leave. But then after a while, it's just like, okay, man, I guess I, I'm ride or die. So <laughs> clearly, clearly you're not acting on this information. So fuck it. I'm not reporting this anymore. Following the dusty road north along the coast to the city gates, you begin to notice fearful warnings. Skulls on wooden spikes. Starving men in iron cages suspended from the city wall and black flags everywhere. Uh, Oxford comma there. It sounds like the men are suspended from the city wall and black flags. Yeah, I mean, they could yeah. be. That would be pretty crazy if it's like... Yeah, it's actually 60. really impressive, right? Because it's like just yeah. long iron, uh, long black banners with iron cages tied to the bottom of yeah. them. And you'd yeah. think, oh, the banner's going to rip. But uh, no. Stable banner. Black Sandian banner craftsmanship is the best in the land. They're, no, yeah. they're known for three things. One, cozy cottages. Two, shit stink forever. Three, <laughs> great flagsmanship. Perfect, perfect flagsmanship. You want bolts of cloth, you go to Port Black Sand. All right? And on your, on your way out, you go to Port, uh, the, the dry cleaning port, to get them shits dry cleaned, because boy, boy do they stink. You absolutely do not put those in your hold if you're uh-huh. taking a ship. That'll stink up the whole boat. You just yeah. drag them behind it. you in the ocean. Yep. Throw them over the, overboard. Put a little rope on mm-hmm. them. They'll be fine. They're black Sandian, but like, God, do they stink. As you approach the main gate, a chill runs down your spine and you instinctively grip the hilt of your broadsword for reassurance. At the gate, you are confronted by a tall guard wearing a black chainmail coat and iron helmet. He steps forward, barring the way with his pike, saying, Who wouldn't port black sand uninvited? State the name of your business, or go back the way you came. Will you tell him you wish to be taken to Nicodemus? Nicodemus, Nicodemus. <laughs> tell him you wish to sell some stolen booty, or attack him quickly with your sword. See, I read that. I thought it said quietly, and I was all for that. But I don't <laughs> think I'm for just like quick attack. Just quietly <laughs> put this broadsword into you. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, quick question. You told me that there was a time where I needed to kill the first person that I saw. Was that prison or just entering a city? 
<laughs> because I have done that and I'm either in a lot of trouble or pretty cool. Yeah, to be fair, I saw a fisherman on a boat, but he was too far away for me to swim to him to kill him. So this is like the first attainable killing guy I can reach. Okay, there was also a merchant leaving, but like the yeah, shit stink on that leaving. guy. Holy yeah. fuck. Man, but now I'm used to it. It's been about 20 minutes. The walk-in <laughs> was very slow because of my heavy broadsword. Um, we have like, they want us to talk to, go talk to Nicodemus, right? Presumably. I feel like Nicodemus and Stolen Booty are both like alternate ways of entering the story. Like probably both of them were explained in the backstory, but I feel like Nicodemus is where the plot's at. Yeah, let's talk, let's get straight into main named characters, I think. It's a good bet. And then if this guy's like, yeah, right, not until you sell me some stolen booty, then we'll, uh, then we'll flip back to 33. Yeah, right, not until you attack me quickly with a sword. <laughs> There's only one way to knight Demas, and it's through me with a sword. He, you do, that's what I call my heart muscle. He reaches up to a small bell on the wall of the guardhouse and rings it three times. Ding, ding, ding. Almost immediately, two other guards come running out of the house, and you are surprised when they each grab hold of one of your arms. The guard with the pike looks up to the sky and laughs, saying... So you want to see Nicodemus, do you? How would you like to see the inside of a dungeon cell instead? No, would not like that. Thank you. Will you allow yourself to be taken away, attempts to fight the guards, or try to bribe the guards? Our arms have already been grabbed. We're not really in prime fighting position. No, we're very strong. We can just flex our arms and, like, smash them against each other Three Stooges well, style. We skipped the intro where we described our superhuman strength. We also skip, we're skipping the mechanics, so we just have whatever strength we want. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, we gotta fight those guards. It's the fun number. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 69. Oh, 67. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I almost let that go path. Oof, that would've been a... Embarrassing, frankly, yeah. And after all this fuck chat. <laughs> <laughs> Just as the guards are about to lead you away, you try with all your might to pull your arms from their grip. Yeah. How do you even do that, like, with both arms simultaneously, right? Can you retract them into your chest like a, like a turtle? You ever uh, seen someone dislocate both their shoulders at once? <laughs> yeah. You, you, you slam your torso forward really fast and just pop them both out of their sockets. Yeah. I only saw that, though, because I was watching Lethal Weapon 1 with a mirror right next to the TV. Because there's that scene where Mel Gibson dislocates his shoulder, and for some reason that's never left me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen Lethal Weapon since it was on TNT when I was like seven. Yeah, I mean, same. It's just this is the scene that I remember. He's a, he made a bet that he could get out of a straitjacket, and that's how he does it. And then when he's <laughs> done, he has to like slam it into the wall. And whoever he's trying to impress, like, didn't that hurt? He's like, every time. Kind of like Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, and I, th I think it comes up later so he can get out of handcuffs or something. I don't know. I, what, what stands out to me is the first shot of Mel Gibson in that movie where he's contemplating suicide. <laughs> I don't uh, remember that. At the picture of his dead kid. Yeah, it's very bleak. The bleakness <laughs> of it stands out to me. And then I think I remember from Lethal Weapon 2, Danny Glover sitting on a toilet where there's a bomb in it. And everybody's <laughs> like, oh, fuck. And he's like, guys, get this bomb out from my fucking toilet. Really? He doesn't say I'm getting too old for this shit in that I'm sure context? he does. I'm sure he does. He says, I'm getting too old for this shit. And then, like, there's a fart sound. Right. It's just because he's been on the toilet for too long. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's aged. Yeah. Uh, what about a podcast where we just watched 90s action movies? It sounds like uh, we're already pretty much halfway there. Yeah. We'd have to find some obscure ones. We wouldn't, though. We could just do Face Off and Bloodsport and The Rock and Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I think The Rock is, like, 2001. I gotta double-check that. That can't be right. That can't be right. <laughs> He might be, because he wasn't the Scorpion King. It's true. <laughs> it's 1996. What the fuck am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> you 
You turn on the two guards who were holding you and, before they realize what is happening, you smash their heads together, like I said we could, knocking them nice. unconscious. You dash into the city, turn to 74. That's messed up. Give them bones and then just run away. I mean, we just wanted to beat Nicotinus, or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, Nikola Tesla. Walking along the narrow street, you see a man wearing tattered rags sitting in the gutter. His head rests on his hands and he looks thoroughly miserable. If you wish to stop to talk to him, 331. If you'd rather continue walking east, turn to 161. Mm. I'm not from New York. Uh, you know what? It, this is a fantasy, right? Let me talk to this guy. <laughs> I mean, I was going to do it no matter what because social encounters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's all I uh, think about. Well, whoops. Whoopsie doozy. It's a, it's a cautionary tale, everybody. As you approach the man, he suddenly springs up and screams at the top of his voice. He produces a dagger from his ragged clothing and he leaps at you. His wild eyes belong to a man insane or possessed and you must fight him. Okay, maybe it's not that much of a fantasy. So no social encounter. Can't we just play Gwent? To play Gwent? <laughs> As he runs towards you, it freezes him. If you ask him to play Gwent, he doesn't attack you, but you do have to play Gwent. Just, ah! Gwent. How about a couple rounds of cards? Gwent specifically? Listen, I know your wife uh, just died and because you, you buried a baby or whatever. It was real spooky. <laughs> but do you want to play some cards? My favorite thing about that is like every time you ask someone to play Gwent, they don't say anything back. They just kind of glumly nod like you're like you're forcing them to at gunpoint. Yeah. I like to think that it's just this like social bond that like it, it's like uh, like someone asking for hospitality in like the old days where it's just like. It doesn't matter who the fuck you are or where you are or what you're doing. Someone asks you to play Gwent, you play fucking Gwent. Man, yeah. it reminds me of the days when I played Magic the Gathering, and I'm pretty sure there was at least some occasions where I would, like, walk around with a deck of Magic cards in my hand just in case I, like, had a random encounter, you know, like, Pokemon-style, mm -hmm. where I just lock eyes with another trainer and then we have to fight. Did that ever happen? No. Oh, man. <laughs> That's not how yeah, the world no. works. I think the thing is, once you have magic cards, you instantly know who else has magic cards. You know, like who else at your elementary school also has a magic I, card I mean, deck? you do because you're all sitting at the same lunch table that no uh -huh. one else will go near. Right. Right. Now I want to set up like a uh, like a convention of some kind where you're like you're all doing random encounters, but like with magic decks or some other card game or Gwent. Right. Yeah. I, like, I want to live that dream so badly. I think it'd be cool. Uh, were we doing 85 or 80, uh, 86? Yeah, we killed that guy. We cut him in half, but not exactly in half. We cut most of the left side of him off. We swung up from underneath and caught him right in the middle. Yeah. And uh, cut, cut him in half. We, we cut him almost in half, but then, like, the asymmetry kind of bothered us. So we took mm -hmm. a little bit off the, the left side to make it up. But we took a little bit too much off, so we had to cut another sliver off the right side. And before long, we've just made roast beef of this guy. Yeah, we're real slippery with blood. A leather pouch hanging around the neck of the man contains a small glass ball containing what looks like swirling smoke. Will you smash it on the ground, put it in your backpack, or leave the ball behind to continue east? Um, hey guys, uh -huh. I've, always, I've always wished that there was an option to smash the things that we find. <laughs> Can we please smash this ball on the ground? Bangers and smash, page 45. Bangers and smash. The glass ball shatters on impact with the cobbled street. On contact with the air, the smoke turns a golden color and begins to take the shape of a winged helmet. Weird. 
It is the most magnificent helmet you've ever seen. If you wish to place it on your head, which is what mm-hmm. we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, some other book, I assume. 376. Yeah. 376. The helmet fits on your head perfectly, as though it had been specifically made for you. It has magic properties also, and will magic allow you to properties. add one point to your future dice rolls when computing your attack strength during combat as long as you wear it. Add one luck point. You set off east again. Hell yeah. Okay. This is, we're doing pretty hot, fellas. Yeah, welcome to, welcome to the town of Black Sand, where anybody who gets in your way gets chopped up, and all the magic marbles have hats in them. I mean, I'll remind you guys that these books are meant to be challenging in combat, and we're skipping the combat. No, I know that. Okay. We're leaning in, we're leading into the combat. We're enjoying the combat. We're, uh... Just say, like, a CYOA book has trap options to, to trick you. This book is designed to make you read the whole thing and wear you down hit points-wise. But also, we have a dope helmet, so, like, I'm not trying to knock it. I'm feeling pretty good about this helmet. I've been playing Gwent for every encounter. Is that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a long it's podcast. Weird. You know who sucks at Gwent? Cockatrices. <laughs> <laughs> they, have no, they have no strategy. <laughs> The street makes a sudden left turn and continues north as far as you can see. Ian, are you mapping? Uh, uh, yeah, hang on, shit. I was just thinking how, how like, some noon wraiths are like, fine, I'll play Gwent, and some <laughs> of them are like, no, dude, I live in a well. This sucks. Kill me. My cards are all wet. The cards are all wet. Yeah, I mean, noon, noon wraiths are they're ghosts, right? So, like, uh, they're bound by the laws of Gwent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they used to be humans, so. In the jungle, you must wait until the Gwent reads five or eight. I'm gonna eat your soul, Gwent. Fucking hell. <laughs> Fine, right after this, I have a really killer red-green goblin deck. It's going to smash your pieces. Uh, hold on. Uh, I'm not gonna take my turn yet. I gotta take a shit. I'll be right back. No, you're just gonna leave, aren't you? Uh, oh. I gotta start over. Uh, <laughs> fucking Gwent chat. <laughs> Gwent chat. I, I, I don't even know how many listeners that's gonna alienate. Yeah. Griffins are also equal. Griffins and cockatrices are both as bad at Gwent as each other. Just everyone's going to flash back to the time a stranger rolled into town made him play Gwent. Mm-hmm. Rock trolls, surprisingly good at Gwent. They seem yeah. dumb, but they have a keen mind for strategy. It's a slow game with a rock troll, mm-hmm. but they're good at it. Yeah. Okay, since this is now Witcher chat, uh, <laughs> I just want to say for the record, uh, in The Witcher 2, there's a villain. It was like a big, muscly, bald meat man. And you go through the game, it's a Witcher game, you make choices or whatever, right? And uh, then at the end of the game, like, you're fighting this guy or whatever, and he's just like, yeah, everyone assumes that I'm stupid because I'm big, but I'm actually not stupid, I'm, you know, just big. And I had basically played right into this guy's hands, done all of the things that uh, I was set up to do, and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck. Yep, I mean, ha, a lot, of, a lot of other people do that, I'm sure, because I definitely did, did not just do a bunch of... St- in hindsight stupid shit fuck i just i got played by a character a fictional character uh and that really stuck with me it was like a moment of uh personal failure you got played you got played by a room full of writers i don't think it's it's entirely your fault against the meatball man but like is the game set up such that you can go you can chart a path through the game that doesn't involve getting played or is that sort of the inevitable conclusion True, 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 because, like, Bioshock, right? And it's like... I Hey, spoilers. No spoilers. Just, like, I savvied up to Bioshock's plan early on, <laughs> uh, but that is a linear game. Yeah. Uh, no, you actually... So you can make choices that uh, don't lead to the collapse of the uh, sort of confederacy of nations. But uh, I didn't because <laughs> uh, those guys were dicks. And I, the question the question everybody wants to know the answer to right now is how was he at Quint? 
probably really good. He he was a big brain man. <laughs> but I, then I I killed him. Uh, I think mostly out of a. I just could I I was like no. If he leaves, then everybody will know that Geralt is a stupid piece of shit. We got we got to kill this guy. Yeah. Plus, you got his unique card off his corpse. Yeah, well, it's uh, him. Yeah. He is his unique card. It's weird. Quint is a weird game. The street makes a sudden left turn and continues north as far as you can see. However, you notice that round the corner, the houses are much bigger, with doorways some four meters high. On the left side of the street, you see that a door to one of the houses is open. If you wish to enter the house, where giants probably live, yeah. 245. Otherwise, keep going. I just, I'm, this seems like some bullshit fantasy crap. Uh, yeah. I just want to get to the, I want to get to the liches. I want to get to the liches. I want to get to the zombies. I can skip giants. Let's go to Nicodemus then. 282. Yeah, well, we're going to, Nicodemus is going to be a giant and we're going to be kicking ourselves, making a lot of <laughs> racist assumptions. Oh, just because I'm huge that I'm dumb? That's what, uh, that's what you thought, right? I can't do any magic. I'm a giant. Yeah, well. Welcome to your worst nightmare, a magic wielding giant. We skipped the intro, so we don't know literally anything about Nicodemus <laughs> other than his name. Like, it could very much have been a giant. Dragon, could be this Grim Reaper. It could be that we're supposed to know that he's a giant. I just don't. On the right side of the street, you see a large wooden barrel and a small boy sitting beside it on a stool. If you wish to talk to the boy, turn to 119. If you wish to keep walking north, 247. So many optional encounters. I'm up to, I want to talk to this boy. Yeah, let's kill this kid. <laughs> he tells you the barrel contains sparkling water, which cures ills, wounds, and diseases. To fill the mug costs three gold pieces. If you wish to drink the water, 133. If you'd rather keep your gold and walk north, 247. Well, that wasn't much of an encounter. Yeah, I don't believe him, and we don't need it. <laughs> That's right, because we're invincible, because we choose to be. <laughs> uh, well, let's chug the shit water, though. See what happens, oh, good, right? Well, good point, good point. Maybe he'll jump us. All right, 233. Maybe it'll be poison water. Could be. The sparkling water is refreshing, but not as medicinal as the boy claimed. Add one stamina mm -hmm. point to your total. You shake your fist at the boy in mock anger and set off north, 247. <laughs> Just the idea of someone covered in blood shaking their fist in quote-unquote mock anger. Ooh, <laughs> you... You got me with your pranks? Man, but the stones on that kid trying to prank somebody who's got teeth lodged in their knuckles, you know? That's good. <laughs> that's a strong boy. Or a boy with nothing to lose. Oh, he's all hopped up on that sparkling barrel water. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's not as good as it used to be. He's been sipping from the top. Turning the corner, you are suddenly jumped on by three short, stocky assailants who were hiding down an alley. Oh, okay. Children. Were they above us, or are they just really good at jumping? Because it doesn't say you're jumped. It says you're jumped on. Yeah. Uh, I'll bet they're like there's barrels everywhere. I'll bet they're hiding on top of the barrels. Hmm. Stack of barrels. Could be an arch. Yeah, it could be an, yeah, an archway that's sort of an overhang. Two grab your legs, and one tries to knock you out with a cudgel. Test your luck. If you're lucky, you manage to duck to avoid the blow. If you're unlucky, the cudgel lands heavily on the back of your head, knocking you unconscious. Oh, I feel pretty lucky, gents. I feel pretty lucky. But we could become unconscious we can do whatever we want in this fantasy world like when you're unconscious do they take you to nikatel i don't know <laughs> probably not okay so are we going to avoid the blow or get hit we have hit points to spare i guess we can get hit by it see what happens chris uh let's get hit by it all right yeah let's get hit by it <laughs> we're choosing to get hit 134 yeah, guys hey let's get hit by it we got that good helmet uh if they steal our fucking helmet there's no way there's, like, there's that level of reactivity in this book. You wake up feeling dazed with a large lump on your head. Your backpack lies open by your side, and you are annoyed to discover that all your gold has been stolen. Those thieving dwarfs! Oh no! You stand up and hmm. set off west down the street. Turn to 396. Oh, what? no, it, 
So the, it's not so much a... Okay, yeah, I see what you... Uh, yeah, yeah. Chris, were you expecting a different outcome when we chose to be not unconscious <laughs> with a cudgel? Oh, well, yeah, I thought maybe it would, like, lead to another story or something, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, this is the only way you can get around in this town. It's either... You either get around through the dungeons or they carry you around <laughs> unconscious. That's it. Can't see their secrets. They're tall doors. Exactly. They blindfold you and put you in the back of a carriage, but you still know where you are because you're Sherlock. Yeah. I can smell the shit. The shit smell coming off the east wind. Like, shut up, Sherlock. On the left side of the street is a flower shop. The window is filled with exotic and colorful flowers. If you oh. wish to enter the shop, 145. If you prefer to keep walking west, which is always the other option, turn to 24. I want to make a case for getting a flower because, A, it's an item and uh, love having items. Hell yeah. And B, maybe we give it to somebody as a gift, as a lovely yeah. gift. Let's get a flower. Everyone likes a flower. Everyone likes a flower. Okie doke. One, four, five. Mark, what kind of flower do you like? Tulips. Yeah, they're very pretty. Um, Chris, what kind of flower do you like? Gosh, uh, I guess if I had to pick, you know, like, in, in the abstract, an orchid, those are pretty. Yeah, taking care of one's a real bear, huh? But yeah. they do look pretty. Yeah, I agree. I, mine is sunflowers. We had them on our, our cake at our wedding. For what it's worth, I just said the first flower that popped into my brain like I would in an improv scene. I have no actual yeah. attachment to tulips. I mean, tulips are a good call. Uh, I, honestly, I was going to pick tulips if you, I was like, oh, man, tulips are great. Mm-hmm. They're hardy, you know, look pretty, good colors. Yeah, you can trade the bulbs with your friends like a Pokemon. You can buy all the bulbs and become a super rich person. You can, and then corner the market. Oh, yeah. Inside the shop, an old woman is busily watering the flowers and plants. She looks up and smiles, saying... Good afternoon. My name is Mrs. Pipe. Can I interest you in one of my special flowers? Then she gives you a deep wink. <laughs> if you wish to see what she has to offer, turn to 293. If you wish to leave the shop, which, like, why would you have come in here? Yeah. Turn to 24. Okay. I was just seeing if you guys had a bathroom. I was hoping the flower shop would turn out to be a dungeon. Right. 293 to extra double commit to buying a flower. <laughs> Yeah, now, now we want it. Now that Mrs. Pipe's in charge, yeah, it's for us now. She explains that she has just picked one of her golden flowers. There are ten golden petals on the flower, and you are told that if dipped on dog's blood, each petal, plucked and thrown on the ground, will change into a gold piece. Hmm. Okay. Mrs. Pipe asks for any magic item, piece of armor, or food, two portions of your provisions, in exchange for the golden flower. If you wish to trade, make the necessary adjustments... Whether you trade or not, go to 24. I don't think I want the gold blood flower instead of my helmet. We're, we're only here for the weekend. I can go hungry. I want this dog blood flower. <laughs> okay. Now, does the flower have dog blood on it, or do we have to find the dog blood? No, we have to make the dog blood. Ugh, not looking forward to that, but, you know, gold pieces. Sorry, we have to make the dog bleed. There is another shop on the left side of the street. I'm just going to go ahead and predict our options are to go into it or continue walking west. <laughs> Yep. An iron grill over the window prevents you seeing what kind of shop it is. You try the handle on the door and it turns. If you want to enter the shop, turn to 336. Otherwise, keep walking west. I want this more than the flower shop. <laughs> this is a mystery shop. Fine. We're just doing like a neighborhood block simulator, but sure, 336. Once inside the shop, you realize why the windows are barred. It's a jeweler's shop. Standing behind the glass counter is a huge bald-headed man with an eye patch covering his left eye. He's, uh, Sabat? Mm-hmm. Sagat. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Steven Sagat. <laughs> a large battle axe hangs conveniently behind the man to deter any would-be robbers. 
On display are several ornate rings and set with diamonds, emeralds, and rubies. The man asks whether you're buying or selling. What are you buying? Will you ask the price of the rings, offer to sell him gems, or attack him with your sword? <laughs> Kill this man. Yeah, you want to take a swing at him? He's got a battle axe ready to go. But... Yeah, but we can't lose. Yeah, but social encounters. Oh, good point. Mm. Uh... The man leans on the counter and tells you that a ring of invisibility costs 10 gold, a ring of fire costs 8 gold, and a ring of ice costs 7 gold. If you wish to buy one of the rings, make necessary adjustments. Bidding the man farewell, you slip the ring on your finger, I guess, and leave the shop to head west. Which one do we want? Uh, I was just starting to write down all three of them. <laughs> can, can we? Yeah, we have infinite hit points and infinite money. Uh-huh. And a helmet. Invisibility, fire, and gold. Got it. Invisibility, fire, and ice. Oh, right, because gold would be a shitty power. <laughs> Midas tried that one out, huh? Invisibility, fire, and making your daughter turn into a statue that you can't hug. Wait, he, he can hug it once she's gold, right? Well, it can't hug you back. That's a good <laughs> point. Well, I mean, again, if you get the right pose before golding. Mm-hmm. You arrive at a four-way junction in the street. The street continuing west changes its name to Key Street, and the street oh, running north and south is called Market Street. Looking north, you see a crowd of people walking up the street, cheering loudly and waving their arms in the air. You decide to follow them. So all that talk about the street names was useless. Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> 148. 148. I have it on a map. Thank God for that. Yeah. It's going to come in handy. The food stalls are selling fruit, vegetables, meat, and hot soup, corn, and chest... The food stalls are selling fruit, vegetables, meat, and hot soup, corn, and chestnuts for hungry shoppers. <laughs> Fuck this author. Yeah. Well, so, okay, they're selling fruit, vegetables, and meat to, like, take home and cook. And then they're selling hot soup ready to go, hot corn, and hot chestnuts for hungry shoppers. You can eat, you can eat stand it up, eat while you're there. Because you can't shop when you're hungry. You get peckish, and you're like, I didn't need this much Captain Crunch, but I went to the store hungry. You want some hot chestnuts? Uh, they're boiling hot. I'll burn your fucking mouth. Take five damage. You may eat some hot food if you wish, which is a good sentence on its own. <laughs> yeah, we're going to... Can we... Can we uh, do the rules allow us to pack on extra stamina? Usually not. Okay. But I'll Never allow mind. it. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to buy 100 foods. But we already have infinite stamina, though. But now we have infinite and a 100 food buffer. Yeah, we figured out a way to convert our infinite money into... Nope, just more money. I'm not going to fall into this trap. You're going to say something about countable infinity, and then I'm not going to know what it means. I'm just, what I'm picturing is, on the right-hand side is a red bar, uh, and on the left-hand side is a blue bar for our body armor. And that's what we just ate was for body armor. Walking north along the west side of the square, you see a man dressed in purple velvet playing a lyre. If you wish to stop and listen, turn to three. If you'd rather walk past him, 398. Uh, so, like, what, uh, what, what are we doing in this book? They're like, <laughs> are we trying to do something, or are we just kind of, like, wandering around and hanging? We skipped the preface, so we have no idea what our objective is. Yeah. I think but, let's uh, just walk. Let's just keep walking and see if we mm-hmm. walk into Zambarbone. Yeah. 398 gets us closer to Zambarbone. Maybe. What if Zambarbone is a musician? Fuck. That would be a good name for a lyricist. It would be pretty good. This picture that we keep seeing, it's on, it's on 398. We keep seeing it. It's of the skull looking over its shoulder. Yeah. If you imagine that that scythe blade is a rear view mirror, it, keeps looking, it looks like a skull like looking over the back <laughs> of a car seat where he's like, hey, kids, <laughs> get, hop in. We're taking this taxi to the, to the Inferno of Forever. 
Uh, that's that is a no fear bumper sticker right there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> a small circle of people is standing around a bare chested man. He is enormous and his muscles look as hard as iron. He's asking the crowd for a volunteer to play catch with a cannonball. He states that whoever drops the cannonball must pay the other five gold. If you wish to take him on at his game, turn to 378. If you'd rather just keep walking and ignore all the fun stuff like Chris, 52. <laughs> Will it let us just walk home? <laughs> I kind of want to see, like, we're going to catch it and win, and then maybe he gets mad. All right, yeah, let's play with this guy's balls. Yeah, let's get, <laughs> let's... Uh, blah, 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 roll some dice to see what happens. After finishing the game, you walk on a bit further. And then go to page 52. All right, so this is bullshit, and we just need to keep walking. Yeah, just keep walking, y'all. It's like what mark said like the point so this is not a book where like it does a ton of branching it's a book where it wears you down over time from all these encounters and -hmm. like that's the fun of it i guess the good thing about this book is when it comes time to edit we can take out any of these choices that turned out not to be interesting (laughs) and like not disturb the narrative flow at all yeah fuck cannibal man well except for now i just said that and it's gonna be hard to explain that joke unless we cut all of it that'll be the singer At the end of the market, a street named Bridge Street runs north out of the square. You decide to walk down it in hopes of finding the elusive Nicodemus. Ahead, you see a wooden bridge stretching over a dirty river. Various bits of rubbish are floating down to the sea on its black surface, and you squirm at the sight of a human hand passing by. The bridge supports and columns reach... Oh, God. (laughs) It does look like the verb! The bridge supports and columns reach high above you, and you see skulls, both human and non-human, tied to them. Almost hidden from view is a small flight of steps going down underneath the bridge from where you are standing. A one-legged man carrying a sack is crossing the bridge from the northern bank. If you wish to climb down the steps, 329. If you wish to talk to the man, 364. Uh, I mean, this might be a test of like whether or not we're cool dudes. Yeah, sure. Let's talk to the guy. Talking to the man, 364. We're doing that now and it's gonna be great. Talk to the man. He's okay. What a waste of time. The gaunt-faced man looks thoroughly miserable. He sees you and shrinks back, telling you that it is not worth robbing him because he has no money. You tell him that you do not wish to rob him, but are seeking an old wizard named Nicodemus. You tell him that you do not wish to rob him, but now that he mentioned it... Yeah, you take, you take, you take a breath and you think, you know what, I can do both, and then you <laughs> rob him. <laughs> I wasn't gonna rob you. Huh. You don't have any money, but you have at least one leg bone. Mm -hmm. You have kidneys. I can use kidneys. Mm -hmm. He stares at you with a surprised expression on his face and says, 30 gold pieces. I'll tell you where he is. And he'll have money and then you can rob him. (laughs) It's a virtuous cycle. You decide to trust the man and pay him for his information. He pockets the gold and says, you are standing on top of him. Nicodemus lives in her hut. Underneath this bridge. He throws back his head and lets out a shrill laugh. (laughs) For some reason. Before hobbling off on his crutches, obviously pleased with himself. You shake your head and walk over to the steps that lead down to the bridge. Also, you rob him. Yeah, you let him get about 30 feet away. And then with your with your killer's aim, you just hit him right in the back of the head with a rock. I was going to go crossbow. Yeah, crossbows are cool. I was thinking a thrown knife, but uh, crossbow, I think, is the coolest of the options available to us. He's not worth a weapon. He's, I, would, I would pick up a loose brick with my strength. How about this? A knife, a throwing knife with a string tied to the end so that we can impale him, but not have to walk over there and get our knife. We can just kind of like pull it when we're done. Oh, yeah. Like a scorpion. 
like a scorpion. Except we don't want him to get over here. We just want him to die over there. Yeah, die over there. Die that's over there. That's what, he, that's what he shouts. <laughs> it's the socially distanced version of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. You got those masks. It's a good joke. It writes itself. Mm-hmm. Built into the foundations of the bridge is a wooden hut. You draw in a deep breath and knock on the door. You hear muttering and the shuffling of feet, and suddenly the door is thrown open. Before you stands a white-haired old man with a long beard wearing long white robes. He looks at you sternly and says, Explain yourself to Nicodemus. You are elated at finding Nicodemus and tell him about Zanbar Bone's reign of terror in the town of Silverton and why Owen Karolev asked you to find his old friend to help them. So there's the backstory. Boom. Finished. Yeah, that's seven and a half pages of intro text that we just summarized in one line. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus frowns and walks back inside his hut, telling you to follow him. He sits down in a rocking chair and starts to speak in a calm voice. I am old and tired and wish for no more adventure. I live here under the singing bridge in Port Black Sand to escape the pleas for aid from people fallen on hard times. It's kind of shitty. <laughs> I can, I had totally have the power to help, but I'm like too busy doing my own stuff. There's like a one-legged bitch just wandering up and down the street. He, I think he knows I live somewhere here, but I, I'm not going to talk to him. He wants gold. This yeah. is what privilege looks like. <laughs> I have the magic. I have the gold. I just don't have the, the heart for it anymore. But I do wish to help my old friend Owen. I will tell you how to defeat the Night Prince, Zanbar Bone. Whoa, didn't realize that he was royalty, my dude. Night Prince Zanbar Bone. Night Prince Zanbar Bone. Night Prince Zanbar Bone. He's not actually royalty. He just owns a collection of nightclubs. Oh, yeah. His, er, he, 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 uh, his father owned the uh, collection of nightclubs. I think he's only prince when the sun goes down. Ooh. So during the daytime, he is simply Zambarbone. <laughs> Welcome to Zambarbone's Bone Zone. Every night is ladies' <laughs> night, and Thursdays are half price off drinks. Watch out for the moon, the moon dogs. They're bloodthirsty tonight. Ow! Ow! Live music after 10. No shoes required. <laughs> it's a weird rule in Night Prince Zambarbone. No shirt, <laughs> no shoes, no charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take a load off with Zambarbone's Bone Zone. College students get in free with their college ID. Enjoy the delicious all-you-can-eat buffet. I don't know why Bone Zone is so fucking funny to me. <laughs> Live, no-bone dancers. <laughs> it's just people who, like, have had their bones magicked out of them. <laughs> Make some noise for Shania, and a curtain goes up, and just, like, a pile of flesh contained with no bones just is like... Kill me! <laughs> Come on down to Zambar Bones Bone Zone where Mondays are margarita night. <laughs> that's, that's why they encourage you not to wear shoes because if you step on somebody with no bones, it's going to go right through. It's going to just hit all their organs. There's no protection. What do these 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 no bone zone people do during the daytime when they're not on stage? Like, what is their life? Do they live in cages or just buckets? They go to community college, Mark. They yeah, go to just, community they're, college. They're working in the way towards bones. Yeah, they raise their kid. <laughs> yeah, they got to go back to school. They they know that education is a pathway to, to success, and they got to get their bones back. You know, it's really privileged to just assume that everybody can afford bones. Uh, yeah, Mark, count, your, count yourself lucky. 
Oh, there's a guy, there's a pun here. There's gotta be a pun here. Um making them bones. Boneheaded. Or boneheaded. Boner. <laughs> <laughs> I hardly knew her. <laughs> I did not expect that to be the joke that worked. Welcome down to Zam- Zambar Bones Zone. Bo- bo- oh, fuck. Boner Zone. Boner Zone? Hang on. That's a different club. Zambar Bones Boner Zone. Zambar, are you okay? It sounds like you're having a stroke. <laughs> I can't tell. Uh, uh, does, it, does it smell like shit in here all the time? Oh, anyways, because... The Zambar Bones Bone Throne. Ooh. Okay, come on come on up. Uh, it, it, take a picture for your Instagram. Sit down in Zambar Bones Bone Throne. Oh, we got a caller on the bone phone. Hello, caller. You're on with Zambar Bone. You're on with the Moon Dogs. <laughs> All right, so we're we gonna do this bit anymore. Uh, we I think we could bit? we could we could very competently be morning DJs. I think the three of us could be very <laughs> competently. Is that the is that the new pivot for the for the podcast? We just every like every week we'll do a Monday morning. Yeah, we we just pretend that we're a live radio show. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's like, hey, if you guys want to experience the joy of this, uh, you know, sit in your turned off car with its dead battery and imagine <laughs> you're driving to work. Do you miss commuting? Well, <laughs> put your hand to the steering wheel, close your eyes and make those brr, brr noises with your mouth. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you how to defeat the night prince Zen Barbone. Listen carefully. Remember, you may defeat him only after sunset. In daylight hours, he exists on another plane. Hey, Mark was kind of right about that Night Prince thing. (laughs) Yeah. No doubt he will have his servants protect him, but should you get past them, you will find you need something special to deal with Bone himself. (laughs) There is nothing to fear but Bone himself. (laughs) Uh, He really boned himself on that one. Yeah, he's he's got one weakness, and it and I know it, and he hasn't killed me. So, like, what's his plan even? To protect yourself from his entrancing stare, you must have a white unicorn in a yellow sun tattooed on your forehead. I promise, I'm not just hazing you. <laughs> <laughs> My instruments are definitely clean. Don't even worry. You must write the word boner on your forehead. Yeah, I know. It's it sounds crazy, but I'm telling it's magic. What are you gonna do? You must have all your bones removed. It's the only way to fight him. You can earn them back easily in installments. He's an osteokinetic, so it's removing all his power. That like a tooth like the tooth fairy? I don't think the tooth fairy has any kind of telekinesis. You don't think so? You don't think she collects teeth to fuel her magic telekinesis powers? I like that we've once again walked into a conversation about how people animate their bones, and this time it's not with muscles. No, just with magic. First, you must shoot him through the heart with a silver arrow. This will paralyze him, but not kill him. Then you must quickly rub the ground compound of black pearl, hag's hair, and a lotus flower in his open eyes like a real dick. Wow. Wow. With luck, he will decay before you in seconds. How much luck? Are you just making this shit up? With enough luck, anyone will decay before me in seconds because I'll just, like, get a really horrible flash-eating bacteria. Yeah, like, the chances... What does is, what is Dr. Manhattan say? He's like, the chances of this sand turning into gold are, like, very small but not zero. Mm-hmm. If your arrow misses, I am afraid you will die the moment he touches you. The items wow. for the compound can all be found in Port Black Sand if you search hard enough. I regret I cannot accompany you. 
by which I mean will not accompany you. Yeah, I have nothing to give but my knowledge. All I do is sit here all day, but, you know, busy. Yeah, uh-oh, can't do it. Got more visitors to repel. <laughs> Gotta go make fun of that peg leg guy. Also, it's, uh, it's wizard's night at the bone zone, so <laughs> my dance card's full if you know what I mean. Nicodemus then draws you a map of how to reach Zambar Bone's guarded tower from Port Blacksand. He stands up, shakes your hand, and wishes you well. You leave his hut, climb the steps, and cross the bridge over Catfish River. What do you think? We call it here? We've been recording for a little over an hour. Uh, you don't want to, like, speed run and get all this stuff? <laughs> I don't think there's a speed enough run for that. Yeah, there's a lot of scrolling involved. We currently have zero of these items. We need all of these items. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could try to, like, try to find... The final showdown with the Bone Zone. All right, here we go. Uh, we have cheated our way to the final encounter with Zambar Bone. Well, maybe, potentially. I, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. We're going to assume that we have. Zambar Bone walks toward you, trying to touch your exposed skin, which Gross. rude, just rude. rude. If you want to work in my Bone Zones, this is just how it goes, baby. Can you imagine just like being in public and then someone just like locks eyes with where you have some arm exposed and just starts walking toward you with a hand outstretched? <laughs> like fucking terrifying. Yeah. You throw down your sword and notch the silver arrow to your bow. You take aim and release the bowstring. Test your luck. If you're lucky, the arrow finds its mark and pierces the night prince through his robed chest. Turn to 244. We're just doing that one, right? Yeah, but if you're unlucky, he touches you and now you're one of his undead servants. All your bones have been zooped out of your body, and now you have to work yeah. uh, the day shift <laughs> at the nightclub. That's the thing. Your skeleton goes on to fight in his army. Your flesh body and all your organs go on to strip Yeah, for, for, the, for the B squad. You're, you work in the 7 a.m. to 12. Like the announcer like announces you, and then some guy just like comes out with a bucket and pours you onto the stage <laughs> while they play your song, and then he comes and scoops you back up in three minutes. Well, it, and yeah. every single song is pour some sugar on me, because I guess <laughs> for the pun, but like, it's not funny after the first time. <laughs> That's just like a level in like a Grand Theft Auto game, just like this weird strip club you can enter, but it's not very well thought out. And it just repeats every time. Yeah. And the dancers have no bones. Yeah. And also that detail. The Night Prince is paralyzed, but not for long. He can summon unearthly powers to defend himself and you must act quickly. What compound will you rub into his eyes? Hag's hair and black pearls, black pearls and lotus flower, lotus flower and hag's hair. Wasn't it all three of those? I think it's the first one. Yeah, I think it's the first one, but everybody pick, an, pick one to scroll to and we'll see what happens. All right, I'll go to 337. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, 337 is it. Yeah, that's congratulations. You've killed Zambar Bone, the infamous night prince. He decays and then you set his house on fire. Oh, are you reading? <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm out of space. I thought I could have sworn I'd been reading this whole time. Yeah, no, no it's, I just stopped Chris. giving it's been Chris. shit. No, it's been Chris. Congratulations. You have killed Zanbar Bone, the infamous Night Prince. He decays before your eyes, becoming nothing more than a small pile of powder on the floor. Turn to 400, the final page. Zanbar Bone is the infamous Night Prince. Uh, Doug Bone is the <laughs> famous Night Prince. He's fine. He's good. He's also a Night Prince. Doug Bone. Doug Bone. Woo-woo! <laughs> No, I'm here to help. I, I know. I'm a giant skeleton. It's, it's creepy, but I, I'm, I'm a good guy. All right. I'm the, I'm the good one. My brother's the bad one. It's a whole thing. You got to kill them both just to make sure. Tales of daring do bad and good dog bones. <laughs> you leave Zambar Bones Black Tower as quickly as you can, not wishing to spend another moment in the infernal place. Guys, 
I just realized by skipping straight to Zambar Bone, we never met the Moon Dogs. Yeah, we didn't have to fight them. Yeah, or like run with them, or whatever you do with them. Yeah. You think we had to fight the Moon Dogs one by one, or even? I mean, man, we don't even know how many Moon Dogs there are. Maybe it's just two. What if it's just as, like the band that that's the house band that plays at Zambar Bones Bone Zone? It's called the the Bloodthirsty Moon Dogs. It's a four piece jazz ensemble. Where Zambar Bones Lonely Moon Dog Band. <laughs> it's a ridiculous song to begin with. Yeah, so we sure is. that's that's an okay, that's an allowable joke. I guess to start over. You leave Zambar Bones Black Tower as quickly as you can, not wishing to spend another moment in the infernal place. Before leaving, however, you set it alight so that no evil entity may ever again use it for foul deeds. Mm-hmm. Battle weary and hungry. Battle weary and battle hungry. You arrive <laughs> in Silverton. The same evening, you are given a hero's welcome and gift after gift is bestowed upon you. A feast is arranged and there is laughter, music and drinking in all the streets. The people of Silverton are joyous once again. Fantasy fought. Woo! And they're like, we can get you some concealer for that bizarre tattoo. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa, that's a fucking dope tattoo, bro. Is that like a unicorn inside of like a a moon or something? What it really does is like Zambar Bone takes over your body in a month, right? Is what it's for. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the uh, uh, the sort of like uh, talisman, Zambar Bones, mm-hmm. bone talisman. Mm-hmm. The, the the way that you get into the bone zone is by convincing him that you want to be a stripper. And uh, nothing says I'm a stripper like a unicorn tattoo. On your forehead. On your forehead. On your forehead. That's, well, that's the credit. Once you lose your bones, you know. Oh, God. Could you imagine trying to get a tattoo with there not being any bones in your body? <laughs> like, where like- do they stop applying pressure? Like, they just punch it all the way through the back. It's like trying to write on cookie dough. You, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> could, you f- could you fit into a backpack? Yeah, probably, right? You could probably be like an octopus, right? Where you can just like squeeze through like a quarter yeah. size thing. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Like- uh, I feel like if you squeeze your brain into a shape that's not brain shaped, that's going to go poorly for you. Yeah. But like, what keeps it brain shaped? Uh, the pretty skull. Pretty much just your skull. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're probably we're probably not meant to have no bones. <laughs> yeah, because because your skull keeps it vaguely brain shaped, but if it slams into your skull, it has a real mm-hmm. bad time. If mm-hmm. we learned anything today, it's that humans are not meant to be boneless. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you guys if you guys could just keep one bone, and don't say don't say your boner because that's not a only raccoons have bones <laughs> in their penis. What bone would you want to keep? What is this like a magic scenario? Is this like a sci-fi scenario? Uh, no, no. Like you're about to you're about to sign up to become a performer, an exotic <laughs> dancer yeah. at Zambar Bones Bone Zone, and he has decided to change the rules to allow for more sort of like variation and sort of like fun. Yeah, you can keep one bone in place in your body. The thing is, like I want to say skull, but I'm pretty sure that's not a single bone. No, you could do maybe. Uh, it is. It, they're all fused though. By the time you're an adult, I don't think you could get to keep the lower jaw. Yeah, I mean, I'd want to keep the part that wraps around the brain. Yeah, okay. Or maybe okay. I wouldn't. Maybe I wouldn't want to keep any of my bones, and I would just accept uh, the warm embrace of death. Yeah, no, I would seek death immediately. I, <laughs> I don't think that being an ambulatory head is a good time. All right, all right. Two bones. You drive a hard bargain. <laughs> Pick any two bones. Oh, skull and dick. <laughs> <laughs> Take us out. Uh... That about does it for us this week. I would have picked both femurs uh, and used that to kind of crawl around, like drag myself around using. But ugh. Uh, 
We hope you've enjoyed our look at Zambar Bones Bone Zone. Um, remember, uh, do 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 make make the right choices in your life, and, and if those choices involve you, you know, performing at Zambar Bones Bone Zone, do so with the confidence and the and the the power that you know you have inside you, mm-hmm. right? Don't let anybody kink shame you for working at Zambar Bones Bone Zone. Yeah, right? it's perfectly fine work. Yeah, society society says a lot of things. Society's a bunch of fucking idiots. Like society made the emoji movie. Don't let society shame you for dancing at Zambar Bones Bone Zone. But you are gross. Yeah, but not because you're an exotic dancer. It's because you don't have because bones. Because you don't have bones. You're a, you're right. a flesh pile. That's gross. Yeah. Your quivering is more of a mockery of dance than uh, a real dance. <laughs> but your quivering is a mockery of dance is a pretty sick burn. Hey, mockery of dance. <laughs> Until next time, I've been Ian. I'm DJ Moondog. <laughs> I'm Mark, and I still like that Mariah Carey song. And until next time, make sure, wait, always choose responsibly. Always choose your skull if you... Man, DJ Nerdog's really good. Yeah, we gotta fight him first. But here's a bunch of here's a bunch of skeletons. Here's a character called Lizardine. <laughs> Don't let the days go by. There's that joke again. It's been a while.